Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. So the title for today is, Do You Think God Won't Forgive You? Think again. Do you think God won't forgive you? Think again. 1 Kings 21, 21 to 29. Have you ever done something you wish you hadn't done? Anything you wish you could just erase, like a video, erase the video from your mind? We're going to see today that you can do that. At least in God's sight, it can be erased. There may be earthly consequences for what we've done, but this will all be forgotten and forgiven in eternity. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the worship today. We thank you for how you're using Josh in, in, in the Philippines and how you're touching his heart in many ways and just knowing the gym was dedicated uh, today is so, this morning was so exciting. Father, we just pray now, Lord, as we look at a really powerful passage in Scripture, Lord, that this would encourage us and give each of us hope and help us all to really understand your love. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're in 1 Kings 21, and review real quickly, Ahab and Jezebel, King Ahab, Queen Jezebel, wicked, 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 they had finally crossed the line of mercy and grace, remember that? And Elijah is sent to confront them, and let's pick it up here in verse 21 to what happens. Uh, Verse 21 I'm going to start in verse 20, actually. Ahab said to Elijah, So you have found me, my enemy. I have found you, he answered, because you have sold yourself to do evil in the eyes of the Lord. I am going to bring disaster on you. I will consume your descendants and cut off from Ahab every last male in Israel, slave or free. I will make your house like that of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, and like that of Basha, son of Ahijah, because you have provoked me to anger and have caused Israel to sin. And also concerning Jezebel, the Lord says, Dogs will devour Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. Dogs will eat those belonging to Ahab who die in the city, and the birds of the air will feed on those who die in the country. There was never a man like Ahab who sold himself to do evil in the eyes of the Lord, urged on by Jezebel, his wife. He behaved in the vilest manner by going after idols like the Amorites the Lord drove out before Israel. When Ahab heard these words, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and fasted. He lay in sackcloth and went about meekly. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite. Have you noticed how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has humbled himself, I will not bring this disaster in his day, but I will bring it on his house in the days of his son." Do you think God can't or won't forgive you for something you've done? Think again. This is mind-boggling. I'm just going to read verses 27 and 29 and focus on this again. Focus on this. I'm going to read this again. When Ahab heard these words, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and fasted. He lay in sackcloth and went about meekly. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite. Have you noticed how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has humbled himself, I will not bring this disaster in his day, but I will bring it on his house in the days of his son. This is mind-boggling. This is the most shocking to me couple verses, I think, in, in the word of God. 
amazing story of God's grace. Ahab had crossed the line of grace, and here God is moving the line again. I mean, it's shocking, isn't it? He, it's just, it's unbelievable. Ahab was the most wicked king in Israel's history up to this point. Manasseh passes them later on, but up to this point, and yet God gives him another chance. This is proof of something. This is proof that God really wants us to succeed. This is proof that he's not waiting to zap us. You know, you, you always say, oh, I'm out playing golf, and you, know, you use that bad word, and lightning zaps down and hits you on the golf course. You know, that, that whole you know, joke and concept of God. God is not just waiting to zap us. He's not waiting to zap us, but he's waiting to help us. God wants us to come back to him so he can forgive us. He's always willing to give us another chance. No matter how many times we mess up, he's still willing to give us another chance. You think of the prodigal son and his father watching for him, waiting for him. He didn't follow him down into the big pen. The dad didn't go to the big pen with him. He didn't enable him, but he waited anxiously. And if you've ever had a, a child who's, who's been a prodigal, you know what this is like. Especially if, if like, think of, of drugs. They keep falling, they keep falling, they keep falling. But you're always waiting and looking and hoping and willing to give him another chance. That's what this, this is showing us. Do you need proof? Do you need encouragement that God wants to change, wants us to change so that he can bless us? Do you need proof of that? It's Ahab. I mean, come on. Probably nobody here has been as bad as Ahab. <laughs> We've been close, some of us, but never, not as bad. This guy was bad dude, bad dude, right? We need proof that God wants us to change so he can bless us. It's Ahab. There is hope for every one of us. This is what this passage is jumping out at us. In fact, in Ezekiel 18, 21 to 23, listen to what Ezekiel says. What God says to Ezekiel, he says, But if a wicked man turns away from all the sins he has committed and keeps all my decrees and does what is just and right, he will surely live, he will not die. None of the offenses he has committed will be remembered against him because of the righteous things he has done, he will live. Do I take pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the sovereign Lord? Rather, am I not pleased when they turn from their ways and live? That's what God wants. He wants us to turn. The word uh, that comes to mind is repentance. Repentance literally means you're walking one way, you turn around, you walk the other way. He wants us to repent. He wants us to turn back from, uh, from disaster and, and going to a, a place of, of pain and, and sorrow to a place of blessing. That's what he wants us to have. And there's, there's hope for every one of us. There's hope for the United States today. As, as bad as it's gotten, and it has gotten bad, as bad as it's gotten, there's still hope for the USA today. Ezekiel 33, 11, a couple more chapters ahead. Look at what he says about the nation of Israel. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. Why will you die, O house of Israel? He wants, once again, Israel to turn. They didn't. But he wanted them to, and he was just waiting to forgive them and restore them and bless them. There's that word, turn again. It's all about repentance. Anyone can be forgiven for anything. This is what Ahab has just showed us here. Anyone can be forgiven for anything. 
anything. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 11. Uh, I'm sure most of you have this memorized. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 11, he says, Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor... Here, I'm picking it up. Uh, nor idolaters nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. Were. Not are. That's not our identity. That's what we were. It's not what God remembers. It's what we were. Look what he says. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. It's what we were. No matter what we've done, and we could all add to that list. That's a pretty bad list, but we could add to it, couldn't we here? If we've put our faith in Jesus, it, it's gone. It's what we were. It's not what, who we are. God is waiting. God is waiting to forgive us and help us live a new life. He's just waiting to do that. Hebrews 4.16, he tells us, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. The throne of grace is waiting. And he wants us to come and find mercy, which is forgiveness, and grace, which is help to, to, not, to keep not doing it again. Mercy, mercy is we, when we don't get what we deserve. Grace is when we get what we don't deserve. And that's what we come to that throne for. That we, what do we deserve? What do we deserve? Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve. Physical death, which we're all going to face. Spiritual death, which we don't have to face. After we die physically, we all stand before God before him and that's where we we face god and we all deserve spiritual death too where we're thrown into hell and we're separated from god for all eternity we all deserve that and i'm at the top of the list let me tell you but instead we can receive a gift the gift of god's love for the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life in christ jesus our Lord. We instead can be given eternal life in Jesus Christ. A life that starts the moment you put your faith in Jesus and give your life to him. That very second, that new life starts and it goes on throughout all of eternity, forever. We can receive this love because of God's amazing love. Romans 5.8 But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us that is god's amazing love while we were still sinners and to understand it we know god and his holiness and his perfection one little sin makes us abhorrent to him and yet as when we were as wicked as could be that's when he gave his son jesus christ to die for us it's when we were all abs we were all epstein's we were all Hitler's, Stalin's. We were all that wicked in God's sight. Every one of us. But yet, look at verse, uh, Romans 5, verse 9 and 10. It goes even further. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? We were God's enemies. We hated him. 
We hated him. Every one of us was an enemy of God. We were as worse than Ahab in God's sight. And yet that's when Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still God's enemies and hated him and had sin on us, that's when he loved us so much that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, to die a horrible death on the cross in our place. He was our substitute. Somebody had to pay for it. Jesus paid for it. He was our substitute. Justice demands it. He was our ransom. We had put ourselves in bondage to sin and to Satan and, and, and to, to death. And Jesus paid the ransom. He paid it with his own life. His life was the ransom. He took our place. He took it on the cross. And that's what communion is all about. Communion is remembering that Jesus gave his own self, his body and blood on that cross so that we could be forgiven, so that we go free. Will we respond to God's love? Have you ever responded to it? Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? John 3.16 says, and I know you all know this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God gave us so much that he gave his one and only son. There's only one son of God. There's only one way to God the Father. It's through Jesus Christ. And he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him, that word believe in the Greek doesn't just mean believe it in your head. It's a lot deeper than that. It means to put your faith in. The word it means to put your faith and trust, complete trust in. It doesn't, I believe it here, but I'm believing it here in my heart. I'm completely trusting in what Jesus Christ did for me. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? And anyone, from Ahab, we see that anyone can come to the cross with anything. Anything. Any sin. Any burden, any mistake, any scar, any shame, we can come to the cross no matter what we're carrying. No matter how wicked it was. No matter how bad it was. And, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna apply it to one specific area here. I'm gonna apply it to abortion. Because abortion is, is such, it's a tough sin. And it's something that so many women and men come to me and say, I just feel like I cannot be forgiven for this abortion. I killed my first baby. I killed a couple babies. God, I just feel like he won't forgive me. And I'm going to say something. You can even carry the guilt, the shame. You can bring that sin of abortion to the cross of Jesus Christ and find healing and forgiveness. Anytime you can bring that to the cross. In fact, in the bulletin, there's a, a, an insert about finding healing for abortion. Remember we had uh, the one woman came and, and shared about her own abortion and having a ministry. If you are still not experiencing God's forgiveness after an abortion, I want to encourage you, if you know someone like this, I want to encourage you to call that, this woman, Wendy. Call her and meet with her. And if you want to just take a shortcut, talk to me and Kim, we'll connect you. There's lots of people here that have been through that pain. And they've said to me, Chuck, I'll talk to anybody here and help them find healing for it. Because you know, even that, and there's worse, but even that, that's something that so many people have trouble 
experiencing forgiveness for, you can bring that to the cross. God can take even your abortion and transform you. And what happened? He can transform it by his mercy and grace. That's the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. And there's a movie being shown this week um, at St. Martin's. They invited us to come this week. It's in the bulletin. The unplanned movie about a woman, right? The unplanned movie about a woman who went through that and the transformation and the women that she's helping and the men she's helping and the, the babies she's saving now. Go, go see that. If you haven't seen that, this is your chance to see it free at St. Martin's this week. But no matter what we have done, no matter what burden we are carrying, whatever shame we have, the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, it is forgiven. Yes, there may be earthly consequences, right? There are earthly consequences, but not in eternity. Not in eternity. A beautiful picture of what, how God treats us when we come to him, when we put our faith in him, when, when we come to him for mercy and grace, a beautiful picture, I think, was what happened this week with this uh, judge and the, the, the police officer that shot that young man. I don't know if you've ever been following that. Uh, the judge, I'll read the, the headline, Judge Hugs Amber Geiger, uh, gives her Bible after murder conviction, causing a stir. So here's the deal. The, you know the judge um, of, of the trial for Amber Geiger, I don't know if I'm saying that even right, but I've just been reading about it. The, the former Dallas police officer, she went into the wrong apartment. She shot the young black man, right? And it was, a, it was an accident, but it was totally wrong what she did. You know, it was wrong what she did. Anyway, uh, she gets convicted. She's given 10 years for, her, for what she did, fatally shooting this guy. When, after she was convicted of killing Botham Jean, right, after she's convicted, I'm just going to read you a couple of highlights from it. The judge, the judge spoke to her and left the room. Then she returned with a Bible and, and she ends up hugging her and giving her the Bible. And listen to what she says to her. You have that picture? Yeah, the picture. Just a powerful picture. I think that's a picture really of God hugging us. I really, I really think that. And this is what she said to this police officer. She said, you just need a tiny mustard seed of faith. Now listen to this. You start with this, she said, giving her the Bible. Then she embraced her. And, uh, and then I'll talk more about that a little bit. And then she said, now listen to what she said. You haven't done so much that you can't be forgiven. This is the judge. You did something bad in one moment of time. What you do now matters. And that's what God has done for us. His son Jesus took our place. He took our punishment. He took our execution. He sac the, our judge sacrificed, but he, but he reaches out and he hugs us. And he says, he says that you have hope. Now, because of the love that he, he's giving us. Yes, there are earthly consequences. This woman's going to jail. Yes, but he forgives us and he gives us a brand new life. It's a life that starts now, no matter where we are, even in prison. It's a life that starts now. And this life goes on throughout all of eternity. 
to infinity and beyond. It just keeps on going. And it doesn't matter where we are, even in prison. It's a brand new life. Just as this judge is offering this, this police officer a brand new life, God does the same thing for us, no matter what we've done. But the starting point is John 3.16. And this is something that wasn't reported as widely in the media. Shocking. But listen, I'm going to read you a little bit more that I found in another site. When she gave Geiger the Bible and told her to start reading, she said, start in John 3.16. Most of you didn't hear that in the media, did you? This is where you start. Judge Tammy Kemp stated after giving her the Bible, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. That's the starting point. The starting point is there for every one of us. And even as Christians, after we put our faith in Jesus and give our life to Jesus, once we take that step, we still make many mistakes. Many, 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 many mistakes. We still sin. We still struggle. We still have new shame, right? Even as Christians. And yet, God is still just waiting to extend his mercy and grace to us. It doesn't just happen at the cross. It happens every day. He's just waiting to give us another chance. Waiting to give us another chance. And he wants us to do the same for others. He wants us to give other people a chance. He wants us to show them the love of God. So they can understand it. So many people have erupted at this judge and all upset this judge. Because they don't get it. They've never experienced God's grace and his love. But even that police officer, the woman who shot this young man, she, I'm sure, didn't really understand God's love. But now she has a glimpse of it. Now there's hope for her. Showing them God's love. Us showing people God's love. And not only the, not only the judge, but listen to this. The, the brother, before this even happened, the brother of the man who was slain, Brant John, Jane, John Jean, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, the brother of the black man who was shot dead by Amber Geiger, a white Dallas police officer who said she mistook the victim's apartment for her own, forgave his brother's killer and hugged her in front of the courtroom. As some people outside the courtroom reacted angrily to the 10-year sentence, because they were, thought it was too little, for killing Botham Jean in his own apartment, believing the sentence too lenient, Jean's, John's brother, Jean John, I'm not sure, was allowed to, by Judge Tammy to Kem to address her directly from the witness stand. Listen to what he said. Brent John told Geiger that he thinks his brother would have wanted her to turn her life over to Christ. And that if she can ask for God's forgiveness, she will get it. I want the best for you, he said. That's exactly what Botham would want you to do. And the best would be to give your life to Christ. I love you as a person. I don't wish anything bad on you, he said to Geiger, before adding, I don't know if this is possible, but can I give her a hug? The judge said, that's okay, and they went and hugged each other. Many of you have seen that picture in the media. Probably you didn't hear the rest of that story, though, did you? That's powerful. That's powerful. People can't understand the love of Christ. Many of them will never read a Bible. 
but they can experience the love of Christ from us. That's a real Christian. That's for real. They can, they can experience it. God wants us to give other people another chance, just like he is willing to give us at any time, give us another chance. He's just waiting to forgive us. No matter what we've done today, on the way in, since you got here, no matter what we've done, he's just waiting to forgive us, to have that relationship back again. First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. He's just waiting for us to come and confess. And he's just waiting to purify us. And he wants close communion with us. We're his children. He loves us. And that's what communion is all about. It's all about God's love. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he became his they gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God gave his son so that we could become his sons and daughters, his children, so that we could live in God's love and freedom. And that's what communion is all about. It's remembering this. It's remembering this. What it is, we have, we have the, the bread, which represents the body of Jesus Christ. We have the cup, which represents the blood of Christ. And... We, how we take it, there's no right or wrong way to take communion, but we, what we do is we just open up the table, and when you're ready, you come up and take it and take it, go back to your seat and take it when you're ready. You can take it with family members, you can take it by yourself. It, however you felt led to take it, it's the idea of communing with God. That's how we take it. There's only two reasons why you shouldn't take it. The first is if you have not put your faith in Jesus Christ. If you haven't done that, you don't have communion with God yet. We're still under judgment for the wages of sin is death. But you can have that gift of life today, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You can have that gift, take that gift, receive that gift today by faith. The second reason we shouldn't take it is the Bible says, don't take the Lord's table in an unworthy manner. Don't come to the Lord's table in an unworthy manner. And, and if there's some, something in your life that you say, God, you can't have it. You can have this, but you can't have this. There's something in our life that we will not repent of, that we won't surrender, that God has asked us to surrender, that's clear in God's word, then you shouldn't take it. But I hope everybody here does take communion today. Because everybody here can take communion. The only one that can stop you from taking communion is you. Is opening your hands and surrendering to Jesus Christ. But it's between you and God. We don't keep track. We don't look. It's just between you and him. I want to wait till next time. I get it. It's okay. You have to work through some things. I get it. But anyone can commune with God at any time. He's waiting for us to come to him. Let's pray. The first thing I want to pray about is if you're here today and you're not sure that you've put your faith in Jesus Christ. You're not sure that you can commune with God yet. You're not sure that you can come to the table of communion yet because you're not sure you've put your faith in Jesus and given your life to him. You can do that right now. You don't have to earn your way in. You don't have to earn points. You don't have to do something first. You just have to do what Ahab did. Ask for forgiveness. Put your faith 
John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. It's putting our faith in Jesus. It's a gift. You don't earn it. It's a gift that you hold out your hands like a beggar, like we all have to hold out our hands like a beggar and receive it. You can do that right now. If you've never done that, you can do that right now. The simple prayer of faith. God, I turn from my sin, from all of my sins, from my old life, I turn from that. I ask you to forgive me. Because of the cross of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. I put my faith in Jesus. I give my life to him. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, you have now become a child of God. You now have communion with God, the Father, through his Son, Jesus Christ. Anytime, anywhere. You can come to him anytime. No matter what you've done, no matter what you're struggling with. You have now entered into an intimate love relationship with God as your Father. In taking communion today is... Today is just the first step of connecting with God every day. I want to encourage you, if you've taken that step of faith, to let somebody know. Maybe you're here with a family member or a friend. Maybe you want to tell me on the way out, or you want to send me a text or an email. Let me fill out the card, stick it in the box. Let somebody know so that we can encourage you and be excited for you. For those of us who have already put our faith in Christ, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us this communion service? Maybe you've already come to Jesus, but there's something that's blocking us from that communion, that intimacy. And it's not coming to Jesus, it's coming back to Jesus. Coming back to him. If we confess, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Father, I pray that every one of us, no matter what we're struggling with, we would keep coming to you. No matter what guilt we have hanging over us, Father, that we would come to the communion table And ask for your grace, ask for your mercy, ask for your forgiveness, ask to have close intimacy with you again. I pray that every one of us through your spirit would know this in a powerful way and it would flow out of us and touch many other people with the love of Jesus Christ. 
that we would hug many people spiritually. We pray that in Jesus' name.